Hey everyone, Rafe here. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Faces and Feels. Uh, before we jump straight into the episode, I just wanted to hit you with a quick public service announcement. Uh, promotion that's near and dear to my heart, Deathmatch Down Under, Australia's premier deathmatch wrestling company, is currently in a, the midst of a big funds drive to try and establish their own venue in Melbourne, Victoria. Now, this is a really exciting concept for me. Though I don't live in Melbourne, the idea of them having a place to put on shows regularly, to stream on IWTV, to put out more content, to help develop talent, all the things you can do when you have uh, your own location seems like a really, really exciting prospect to me. Uh, if you look at somewhere like H2O Wrestling run by Matt Tremont, that's a perfect example of what can be accomplished when you have a space like that. I imagine booking venues and doing things like that and selling the idea of bringing a deathmatch company to your venue isn't always the easiest thing to do. And so, yeah, they're trying to get that done. Uh, and they really want to make it happen this year. But in order to make that a reality, they really need your help. So please head over to 3011arena.com.au. That is 3011arena.com.au to check out all the ways you can help. They've got all sorts of packages um, and nothing goes unrewarded. So there's various tiers starting from as little as $10 making your way all the way up to $1,000 with perks and merch and uh, being part of the mural, being literally a part of the fabric of the venue, free tickets to shows. All of these things are available uh, and you'll be helping a great cause and helping a great community that they're building over there in Melbourne. So please check out 3011arena.com.au and support Deathmatch Down Under. And with that said, let's jump into the show. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest representing Kill or Be Killed. It's always the hard way, the one and only hard way heater. How are you today, my dude? Doing good, doing good. How about yourself? I am feeling great. Uh, it's going to be a big day for us today. Not only do I get to spend time with yourself, I'm also cleaning this house like an absolute maniac because we pick up a new puppy this afternoon. So I need to make sure there's nothing it can eat uh, in this filthy pig sty we call an apartment at the moment. <laughs> Let, let's go. Yeah, exactly. I'm fucking scrubbing it. I'm vacuuming it. I've been up since like 5 a.m. I've been out buying toys. It's been nuts. But I got home just in time. Uh, to hang out with yourself, and I am looking forward to it, dude. Um, I gotta gotta ask you that one question, man. Uh, let's let's just do it straight off the top. It goes when you think back to the first faces that stood out to you in professional wrestling, who immediately jumps to mind. So um, I am a I'm a little bit older than most. Uh, wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I ever watched was the Royal Rumble 1991. Okay. So the first kind of guys that I remember being drawn to mm -hmm. 
uh, I mean, unfortunately, I was a big fan of the Ultimate Warrior when I was a little kid. It's not unfortunate. Ultimate Warrior is sick. And I can also say one of the other guys that I was really, really drawn to was uh, the Warlord. Oh, he's just a big, bald, bearded. <laughs> Dude, dude, now that you say the warlord, he's actually like, I always tell this story, right? How I first got into wrestling because like a kid at school had like a, a WWF magazine, right? And he, he wanted to trade. I had like a paint marker or something and I swapped it with him. And in that, I, I guess it had Hulk Hogan on the front and it was like a big, you know, double page spread of like juiced up Ultimate Warrior. And I was like about it. But now that you say that, I'm pretty sure there was an article about the warlord in it, and he had like the stick with the W on it and shit. And I remember thinking yes. that was cool as hell. But this that just flashed back to me then when you said it. I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> he was legendary. Like warlord, just like he like there, he was a prototypical wrestler. Like he just yes. looked like you know, like I mean, a cute giant man. Yes. And not what no like now that I'm a little bit older and I can go back and watch that stuff like not what I would consider graceful, <laughs> but like not a huge work rate out of the warlord is what you're saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're getting four minute matches. Yeah, not five star <laughs> matches. Four minutes. No, not at all. It is at best. Um, but like those guys, uh, I remember. I remember very distinctly those two, and then. Um, the first match in that Royal Rumble is the Rockers versus the Orient Express. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember watching the Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, and just being like enamored with, with what they were doing. It didn't make sense to me. You yes. know, like I, I'm five years old, but I'm still like, I've never seen any adult human in my life move the way they're moving. Yes. Like, so it was just, immediate it was an immediate thing yeah that that's crazy well first of all two things are crazy there first is that in two years i've never heard the name of the warlord uttered on this podcast as long as i've been doing interviews with wrestlers nobody's <laughs> talked about him ever which is amazing <laughs> second that like at that young stuff like the the move like the colors and the the stuff i get from the rockers but actually now that you say it like the um what's the what's the word i'm looking at for dexterity and the speed and stuff of a team like the Rockers, that this sort of rapid tag and and stuff like that, also was immediately something that kind of caught your attention, you know? Right. Yeah. It just. Uh, yeah. It, because, like I said, it was like you know. Because I mean, those guys. I mean, let's be real. Those guys are probably ten years younger than I am now mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. But at to a five year old, those guys were forty. Yes, you know those yeah, guys yeah, were yeah. my parents' age. Yeah, and so and so I was like, I've never seen my dad move that way. So, <laughs> like, this is different, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. I just immediate. It felt it felt like I, I was immediately hooked. And I'll also say that I think if you want to get somebody hooked on wrestling, the Royal Rumble was like the perfect thing to get somebody hooked because you get to see. 30 different characters. Absolutely. Like, like that is how, like, if you want to like pull somebody into this unrelenting love of wrestling, 
the Royal Rumble is the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. Me and my friends ha- have a drinking game we call Getting Rumbled, where we essentially will watch Royal Rumbles. We've done it with every Royal Rumble that ever exists. And when a new one comes out, we do the same thing, where each of us has a number, right? So the, say there's four of us playing, you're one, two, three, four, and that's your guy as he comes out. And then it, you know, repeats. So you end up with multiple yeah. sort of guys. You drink when they come out, you drink when they leave, you drink when they do a finisher, you drink when they do a signature move, like, you know, <laughs> drink when they eliminate people. Really, any, it's a mess, but but yeah, yeah. I've made some uh, <laughs> lifelong fans out of out of this game because it's so right. it's so fun. And they'll be like, they they don't follow a lot of wrestling, but they'll know when that new Royal Rumble's coming. They're like, yo, is Royal Rumble this weekend? Are we like, you know, kind of watch it. Like, and, and like, you do, <laughs> you just get to see all the characters and especially on those early ones, like you say, 91 and stuff, everybody was still really colourful and like mm-hmm. characters and all that kind of stuff. So that goes really far too. But yeah, that was a, yeah, that was how I got hooked. Yeah, easily. And then was that you locked in from that point or did you fall away from it for a time or I never like I I followed wrestling up until uh so this is kind of a interesting I followed up until WrestleMania 20. Okay. So I watched, I, like, I remember watching WrestleMania 20, mm-hmm. and it sounds weird to say it now, but, like, you know, with Eddie, re, you know, retaining the title, mm-hmm. like, it kind of felt like the season finale for me. Yeah, okay. Like, I was like, oh, man, I enjoyed that so much. Like, it can't get any better than this. <laughs> and then, like, I just, uh, like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I just kind of stopped watching weekly. Yes. And so I would just kind of pay attention through stuff on the internet or like, you know, the early days of like finding clips online, you know, it, you, I mean, we're talking pre YouTube. Yeah. So like just finding like, we're good getting on like, you know, maybe a less than reputable website to maybe download some, you know, <laughs> don't know what you mean. Never heard of it. No. <laughs> Um, uh, but that was, that was kind of like the time that I stopped and I didn't really come back to watching weekly until I would say like, like probably, probably CM Punk was like the pipe bomb, like, like really watching the weekly programming, Mm -hmm. like not just WWE, because by this point I'm kind of into the deeper like parts of like you know i found ring of honor Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i found uh, obviously i I was i was an ecw fan Mm -hmm. but um like finding xpw at the time and and that was just kind of like that was more so what i what i watched and again like i said it was just here and there until cm punk's pipe bomb and i remember like immediately going all the way back in yeah yeah, it's um, it's interesting that you're like, I was kind of so satisfied with that WrestleMania that I was kind of content and didn't really need to sort of seek it out anymore. You know, whether it was a, a, a choice, you know, a forefront choice in your mind, or whether it just like naturally you just went, that's just just amazing, and that's everything I've yeah. ever wanted. And you were like content until I guess, like I imagine, I was right out of wrestling when the pipe bomb kind of happened, and I didn't watch it until much much later and you know i kind of missed punk's entire run almost um but i imagine it would have been all over you know 
news feeds and the talk of everything and it would it would have grabbed you and been like what's happening and this is kind of blending reality and doing all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff right well and then like to kind of see like um you know uh somebody from like after wrestling i kind of went into the like i when like i was already a punk rock kid mm-hmm. but like i kind of went more into the punk rock stuff like i would uh i roadied for a lot of bands mm-hmm. uh, back in the day so like like that's realistically what happened was is like i i stopped watching and then i kind of just threw myself into like the local music scene mm-hmm. and just kind of did all of that and then yeah. for him to come back and kind of look the way you know he, yeah. he looked like he looked like a guy I would see at a show. Yes. And for him to be saying the things he was saying was just like, it just immediately, like it just clicked for me. And I was like, okay, I got to know everything that I can know about him, about, about what the character is, all of it. Yeah. So that's what really threw me back in. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And uh, I think he was that bridge for like a lot of people, especially at that time. Cause nobody else looked like him at the time. Nobody else was saying the <laughs> things he was saying. Uh, nobody was doing any of that stuff. Did you play in bands and stuff? That's sort of how I fell out of wrestling as well because I'd like hit university and I started playing in bands and doing all that. So I never played anything. Okay. I just, uh, the, uh, so I had, I got a nickname um, from <laughs> back there. Uh, it was uh, called Jimmy Beers. Reason I was got I got the nickname Jimmy Beers is I would I like I said I roadied and did like merch sales for for some bands, uh-huh. um, and I got the nickname Jimmy Beers because I would drink on the band's tabs. <laughs> like we're okay. playing, I would oh I'm part of you know this band, and then they would I so I would get those drinks, and then when that band played, and I would go to a different bartender and I'd be like, well, no, I'm actually a part of this other band. Like <laughs> both bands knew I was doing it yeah. and they didn't have a problem with it. But <laughs> so I would Jimmy the beers out of the bar. That's so I was like, going to say, cause have- Jimmy isn't your name. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so yeah, they, it was just kind of, that's kind of how that nickname kind of came about was, yeah. was like, it was Jimmy and the beers out of the bar. So um, <laughs> Um, so just a full-time like uh what's that what's the word rider drinker basically and just yeah, like hanging exactly. out yeah. partying watching the shows free beer yep exactly amazing um, um as long as i roadied well enough uh i would get um because at the time i was a smoker i would get a pack of cigarettes and i would get whatever uh the hot uh, item on the dollar menu or whatever restaurant we stopped at and that's how i lived for about uh about five years like just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just didn't need much just good to go right 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 I, there's space on that band floor i can sleep yeah like, <laughs> that's it and just out there like living the memories because see when i think back to like we we were a band for just a decade and we toured and and did all that kind of stuff and the the stuff i think i miss the most is that stuff you know the stupid stories and the long uncomfortable drives and the you know the bullshit really is is the fun stuff you know i mean we got to play lots and lots of cool shows but it's not like when i'm reminiscing i'm ever thinking about you know the time we supported this band or that band or anything i don't barely even remember the fucking shows you know what i mean i just remember the existence as like a traveling musician yeah yeah you remember the middle parts yeah the the, the, the 
where the parts where it's it's the it's the again it's that destination part of it it's like the you know at times eating eating like what can only be described as questionable food that you found in the van and, yes, yes. And, and drinking and drinking just, we'll call them hot van beers. Yes. At best, at best. And like we would do dumb shit as well. Like we'd set ourselves budgets for the day for food to make sure we had like enough money and stuff for beer. So we're like, we've got $20 on food today or whatever. And we're just eating two minute noodles and just shit, you know, and then like partying all night, which is probably why I don't really remember much of it. Cause it's like, when you're playing, that's all adrenaline, so that's all like a wipe. And then afterwards, it's like after party and stuff. So you really only remember the times you felt terrible, <laughs> kind of in a sense. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. And we were also young that like yeah. feeling terrible lasted two hours, and yeah. then and then you fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no way. There's no way now I could do that. Oh no, I would die. Like I, I cannot. Yeah. Like my bones hurt too much. The idea of like sleeping on the floor and doing all that kind of I'm done with it it's over it's a wrap yeah. for me Jesus yeah oh no no thank you so how do you mm-hmm. then go from Jimmy Beers to Hardway Heater so like had you as a growing up as a wrestling fan had you ever trained or was it not until like later in life that you you started messing with it so um growing up uh I was a much larger guy uh i was when you're drinking that about... many beers <laughs> it's gonna <happen>. right yeah. <laughs> um yeah so like i was about i, w- I weighed about 300 pounds um for okay, for what? a vast majority of of my my life uh uh-huh. and it wasn't until i i dropped i dropped a bunch of weight um i i call it the poor diet i was just really poor so like food was food was a uh was a luxury at yeah. the time okay I dropped, I dropped a bunch of weight and then I started like, I dropped the weight, got a better job, started having money. And, uh, I ended up getting a gym membership, started going to the gym and I'd been working out for maybe three, four years. Um, and my wife, uh, looked at me and said, why don't you try wrestling? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and awesome. she and I was like, ah, you know, like I'm already I'm old, like, yeah. like that's you know whatever. Um, I was like, I mean, I would like to try it, but and and like that's all she needed to hear. Yeah. And so I was trained by Carrie Awful, mm-hmm. um, one you know one of the carnies, mm-hmm. and uh, like all all she needed to hear was be like, ah, you know, I I did want to try that. And she reached out to Carrie and was like, I've got somebody who's coming for a, a day one. <laughs> just throw you in. One train. Yeah, just because that's the way I have to do things. Is, yeah. is like, I, like the, the hard way moniker isn't like it's earned. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's just a moniker. It's, I have to do things the hard way. I have, that, that's the only way I learn. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, just tried it and the only way I can describe it is is that when I went for that first practice I was nervous mm-hmm. because I'd loved wrestling you know a majority of my life yes and it was the first time I was asking wrestling if it had the potential to love me back yeah okay I understand and that's awesome uh, and so I was nervous and then I had the first practice and I remember being sore 
and I remember feeling beat up and I was part of a very small class. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember like loving the soreness of it. Yeah. Loving how like my body felt like yeah. a that whole next day. And I was like, Oh, well, I think I'm going to be doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I can, I can understand that. I mean, I, I haven't been a wrestler, but, but I understand that. Um, I guess like joy that comes after like a really hard day's work or something like that. You know, when you've done a laboring job or something and you're part of a team and you're beat up and you've done stuff and you're like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like that sort of vibe. And I'm sure for you as well, that you can pile on top of that love of wrestling being in a ring for the first time, chasing something that you never thought was possible, all the work yep. that you've done in weight loss, you know, all of those things being like, holy fuck, I can maybe do this. It didn't kill me. I, I survived the yeah. first thing and maybe right. I can do more right. of this, you know? Like, right. that's that's awesome. And when you when you first go in, so t take me through it a little bit because you've obviously been dropped in it. You've been ambushed by your wife and you're, you're being sent there and you don't really know who you're talking to or anything like that. Was it pretty nerve-wracking even just rocking up? Because I know, like, whenever I'm sent to a training day or a first day of school or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. Uh, I will say that it was... Um, the way I would describe it is, is when I first got in that ring, I had two like not only did i have two left feet i had two left hands i had a left i had a left neck i had a left you know like i yeah. everything nothing nothing came easy because like i think i think that's just again like i said it's not it's <laughs> not just monitor it's just part of how i how i maneuver through the world it was <laughs> nerve-wracking it yeah. was i'm never gonna get this right i'm never gonna get this right um uh carrie has told me on multiple occasions that i'm gonna beat myself up a whole lot more than anybody else is gonna beat me up yeah um and he's like had to have like real comp like during training like um before i was even a, a full working wrestler like he's had conversations with me where he was like you're you're learning like this is this is what learning is like you i don't ex, you know the, the expectation isn't that you're gonna do it right the first time yeah absolutely the expectation is is that you came here to learn something mm -hmm. and he was like in some days it's gonna be an inch and he was like in some days it's gonna be a mile mm -hmm. he was like but you're you're here to learn and you have to stop you have to stop beating yourself up about everything yeah so, like, I mean, here's what I'll say is, is that I understand that it's an inch and a mile sometimes. It's an inch, sometimes it's a mile. Um, but but I still do beat myself up about it. <laughs> like, when I'm trying to learn something new or when, yeah. like, even when with the coming back thing, like, it was very much the, like, like uh, I just want it to be correct. Yeah. Like, I just want it to be correct. Yes. And it was, and, you know, like, it, 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 it got there. It yeah. just... You know, you got to work through grind. it, man. And and it's yeah. hard. I understand being your own worst critic in like anything you do. You know what I mean? And like yeah. writing yourself harder than anybody else would. But at le the thing that's to be said for that as well is that 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 does breed work ethic as well because you won't like accept it or half-ass it. And especially in something like wrestling or you know rehab or whatever it may be, like you can't half-ass that. You know what I mean? So you have to 
have to be hard on yourself, but to a point, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So it sounds like Kerry was like quite a good teacher for you then as far as a teacher match because could see you doing this to yourself, could see the way you're acting and stuff and taking moments to talk with you and not just the kind of, you know, you hear about the wrestling teachers and stuff that are just, you know, there for a cash grab. And then you also hear, I mean, I've had heaps of them on this podcast, the guys who are like, yeah, it just came easy to me. I'd watched wrestling my yeah. whole life and I could just do it. Like, like yeah. not not ripping on them, but that's how it sort of, yeah. you know, they had that dexterity and it was fine, but like, you were like, I had to be taught from the ground up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And every part of me had to be built. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's like, like I, I commend those guys that can just come in and just do it. Like that's, I mean, that's so amazing. Like yeah. it's, it's great. Um, but, um, and, and this isn't, this isn't a slight at them, but I know exactly how hard I'll work. Yeah. You know, like I know exact, I know exactly how far I will push myself yeah. and not saying that they don't push themselves because mm-hmm. I think they do too. But, but I will push myself past the point of breaking Yeah, to, to make sure that I get to where I need to get to. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I, I mean, it's, it was, it was a nerve wracking, but maybe, uh, the most therapeutic journey I've ever been on. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it was that that sense of completion it was that okay i've had my you know like i when i had my first match okay now it's hit the ground running yeah now but but that doesn't mean that the thing that i feel like a lot of people don't talk about in wrestling is is that your goal posts in wrestling are constantly moving yes like 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 my goalpost for a really long time was to have a first match. Well, I had the first match. Once the first match happened, now it's not to have my first match. It's okay. Now I need to hit my hundred match mm-hmm. or I need to wrestle this person or I need to wrestle that person or I need to wrestle for this company. Um, but those, I mean, it's ever changing. Yeah. So exactly. And I mean, the world of wrestling and especially independent wrestling is completely liquid Anyway, you know, things change, things move. things. I mean, we, we talked about CM Punk. Look at all this BS that's on in the news and all that crazy stuff that's going on. You're like, okay, he's come back from his injury. Uh, we're going to have this big title match. He's going to be the new champion. It's a thing. Then there's all this drama in that media scrum. Then you're hearing about fights backstage. Whether it's a work or not, I don't know. Uh, but either way, people are talking about stuff that's crazy and then he's stripped of the title again and you're left going, what the fuck is going on? You know, like if you're somebody else in that company, you're like, my goal is to main event a show with CM Punk. Okay, he's not here anymore. He's gone. He's no longer the champion. You know know what I mean? That is constantly the way of wrestling, right? Right. Well, that's, I mean, I I was talking uh, a couple days ago uh, with uh, one of the other people who were at the school, uh, Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Um, We were just having a conversation about goals. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, like, I I don't want to say who because I don't want to put that, you know, I don't want to put that out because, because, (laughs) um, but there's somebody that I want to wrestle. And I said, I can't guarantee that in, you know, they could get injured tonight. Or they could decide that they're done tonight or, you know, so many different things. And I said, and at that point, like, I'm putting my goal sets on another person continuing to do this thing that, like, we have a love and a passion, 
but nobody nobody is full-blown required to do it yes mm-hmm. like like there's there's always something that can take them away from it absolutely um so it's it's one of those things where like i'm putting a i'm putting a goal or an aspiration on somebody else and that in and of itself is difficult yeah. like because i can't control number one i can't control how they feel about me yes I also can't control what happens with their career. Mm-hmm. I can only control what I do. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where, like, that's where I kind of go with the the whole, like, maybe aspirations in wrestling need to be more person centric. Yes. Like being, like, it has to be things that I want. Like, yes, there are people that I want to wrestle, but realistically what I want to do is I want to wrestle good matches. Yeah. Like and the I rest will come from there, right? Like if you build exactly. that library, that body of work, that reputation, then all those other bits fall into place, you know. And whoever are the top guys now, or top top guys, top girls, uh, right? Whoever is that, those will shift and those people will move. But you can find yourself in a position where you'll be considered with those people whoever they may be at the time. And that's sort of where you want to be, right? Like controlling your own destiny. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so how long now have you been wrestling for? So uh, my first match was September 1st of 2019. Okay, wow. Uh, So uh, I, I, I would consider myself somewhat of a pandemic wrestler uh i was about to say great time to start because the world ended not long after that so yeah i wrestle i got to wrestle free and clear for about five months yeah (laughs) and then everything shut down lockdown city Uh, and then we were down for about two we were down for like i live in tennessee Mm -hmm. uh the the restrictions are not as tight here is what yeah, they so were I understand. in yep, yep, yep. Um, um, so I was down for about two and a half, three months, and then things started opening up, but it was mostly no fan shows, yeah. mm-hmm. COVID tests to make sure, you know. So like I ended up wrestling a lot of the the no fan shows, you know, essentially because like I had five months in and I, I needed to wrestle more. Like I needed to mm-hmm. like to build the craft. I have yeah. to do the thing. Absolutely. And so, uh, I, I did a lot of those. And then as things started opening back up, um, I got through like the rest of 2020 mm-hmm. into 2021. And then I got injured. So mm-hmm. I've been in wrestling for three years. I've been wrestling maybe a year and a half. Yeah. Obviously with a very extended absence due to injury, which um, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll get into in a second. How was it yeah. doing the, the no ring shows and even like turning up to the building and stuff? Because just you kind of describing it then reminded me like of, I don't know, it was such a weird time when you think back to it because there was like, you'd go to the store or you'd go to things. There was like a tension in the air, you know what I mean? Cause everybody's sort of scared and you don't really know what COVID is and people are worried and there's masks and all that stuff. And then you're talking about 
needing to have a test before you can even go and do this match, which is something you really want to do. You want to build experience, but but overhanging it is this like cloud of of uncertainty and, and kind of fear. You know what I mean? Was that that like a pretty sort of nerve wracking? Like like doing that? How controlled was the the room? Like was it just some close friends, and so you felt pretty comfortable, or, or was it sort of weird? I felt I felt pretty comfortable once once I kind of found out like. <clears throat> what the expectations of everybody was mm-hmm. okay. um, um, and beyond just knowing what the expectations of everybody was, it was also kind of that thing of, again, coming back to, I can control what I do. Mm-hmm. And so like, I take those precautions, like I was a very much a wary mask, no matter what, yeah. like uh, I got, covid test before i went and did anything because it just i the ideology of me getting somebody else sick was not something i was comfortable with yeah so uh so i did a lot of uh, it was a lot of that it was at first it was Mm nerve-wracking and then much like anything else it kind of became normal yeah Mm -hmm. um it what like it was more nerve wracking. I would say going from no crowd back to crowd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, because you don't like a lot of my, no, a lot of my no crowd shows were with, um, with paradigm Mm -hmm. in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we would do those and like, it, it would feel good. Mm -hmm. Like I would, I would enjoy the matches I was having and then it would come time to watch it. You know, they would do like, like the live stream, like uh-huh. everybody hop on, you know, watch along. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and I would do the watch alongs. And then I'm getting feedback from the crowd, you know, you know, two, three weeks after I've had the match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how I began to process that information mm-hmm. for a while until we had crowds back Mm -hmm. and then you're getting that instantaneous, Mm -hmm. like they like that or they. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was more nerve wracking because it was almost kind of, uh, uh, like I had become so accustomed to the other way that, that, that now, now, now I'm having somebody in my face tell me boo or yay or we didn't like that yeah. and or we really liked that and I'm like oh this is like sensory overload almost yeah mm-hmm. but I mean I will say this there is nothing like wrestling in front of a crowd compared to like comparatively I'll wrestle in front of a crowd I mean obviously I'll wrestle in front of a crowd every day yeah but, but it was very much that that transit like that transitional period was very strange yeah no doubt but yeah, it, it was, it was, I mean, I'm a pandemic wrestler. I was a pandemic wrestler. <laughs> well, I, I hope you get to the point where you no longer consider yourself a pandemic wrestler because there's more, more uh, crowd shows in front of you than, than non-crowd shows. Right. In, um, I mean, wrestling is such a live performance based art, you know, we're moving and responding and interacting with the audience, you know what I mean? So it, it would have, I can imagine it would have been a huge sort of like, oh, wow, okay, I'm instantly getting feedback on, on the spot right. rather than applying notes that I've sort of taken listening after the fact kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Because because in in my head I can write the I can write or I can tell what what I think is going to be the best story or match. Yes. Um, in my head, in my head, the crowds always laugh. Mm-hmm. In my head, the crowd reacts to everything that we do. Yeah. But you you don't know until you know, and and you know crowds are different. Crowds are different in in like let's say Tennessee versus Indiana. Crowds are different from Tennessee, Indiana. Like even the crowd in Boston was different. You know, like every crowd wants to see the thing that they like the best. Yeah. So it's kind of like that's that's kind of the that's the that's the most interesting thing about it is is like you you can kind of learn through that. Like, okay, I know kind of what I need to do. It, it's even company based. Like I know what I need to like I know what I need to do if I'm having a regular match versus I know what people want to see me do in death matches. Mm-hmm. Like I know exactly what they want to see me do. They want to see us use shit. They want to see us do do reckless things. Mm-hmm. They want to see us bleed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a little bit more straightforward. Comes to that. Did you um? When you debuted, um, were you immediately Hardway Heater? And did that moniker just come about because, because like you say, this is how I live my life? Or, or tell me the story of the name. So the name came from... Uh, so a uh, um, little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, I debuted at Bizarro Lucha. Okay. Um, before I was even fully, I wasn't even fully trained yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I came out as Carrie Offal's, um, alter, alternate per- persona, um, James C. Businessman. <laughs> uh, uh, I came out as HR. I was his own personal HR. And so it was Heater Reese. Okay. Um. Uh, but I would only wrestle as HR or I would only act as HR at Bizarro everywhere else. I was Patrick Heater. Okay. Um, I got the moniker, um, hard way because, um, we used to do these things called Tuesday night Twitter fights Mm -hmm. and we would just live stream like the crux students would have matches. We'd live stream it on, on Twitter, on, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I wrestled Brett Eisen. And when I was wrestling Brett Eisen, he was giving me this move called the Gohan to sleep, which is he loads me up and he brings me down to his knee. Yeah. The first time he gave it to me, I broke my nose. <laughs> okay. Broke my nose immediately. Yeah. Two weeks later, um, I am in the ring again with Brett Eisen mm-hmm. and he brings me up for Gohan to sleep. And all the hard work I had done on healing my nose for two weeks was immediately undone because I broke my nose again. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> uh, and so we started kind of going over it. And it turned out it was not, this wasn't a Brett thing. It was very much a my fault thing. Yeah. And, um, and Jesse, uh, who, who I'm, I'm very good friends with, uh, tells me he goes man you really are just gonna learn everything the hard way mm-hmm. and as soon as he said it as the the words came out of his mouth mm-hmm. and and i was like that's the moniker yeah like 
that's the moniker. It's I'm Hardway Heater. Yeah. And um, it was Hardway Patrick Heater for a while. I had a conversation with uh, uh, Effie. Yeah. at one time and Effie said you need to just drop the Patrick he was yeah. like it's he was like it's a it's too much he was like it's a it's a mouthful yes. he was like Hardway Patrick Heater he's like it's too much he was like just go Hardway Heater he was like it's got the alliteration yeah it's perfect 100 percent, 100 and it stands out and it's different as well because like you were I guess like Heater was like your surname or whatever but now it's just like this kind of encompassing name you know like I don't I, when I see it I don't see it like Hardway, Patrick, Heater. It's just like Hardway Heater is like the full name, you know, and it's yep. different to what anybody has. And like you say, like all the famous things from comic books and stuff like that, the two letters, that, <laughs> you know what I mean, that that start the same. It, it just works. Yeah, 100%. Like I, 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 will, give, I will give full credit to, uh, to Effie on that because Effie just, he pulled me aside at a show and he was like, just drop, just drop the Patrick. It was like, yeah. it was like, you don't need you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think he's right. <laughs> I, think, I think he was on to something. If he knows a thing or two from what I can tell. So yeah, that's what I was going to say is, is, that, is that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to start questioning uh, Effie's ability to, to run a business. Exactly. To brand, <laughs> to market, to do all those things. Nobody is better on in independent yeah, wrestling yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels now let's get back to the interview so we talk about you doing things the hard way obviously you didn't take jesse's advice shout out to righteous jesse friend of the show uh you went and did it even harder by getting quite injured really injured um and that was super unfortunate but now you now you've made it through it so we can look back on it with a lens like okay this is something we've survived how did it happen, man? Like, and, and what went so, down? I was at a, a promotion here in Tennessee and I was wrestling, um, a pretty, uh, pretty new wrestler, mm -hmm. um, green young mm -hmm. in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, we were calling a match. Um, uh, he had, he had he had told me that he wanted to do this move. I don't remember what it was. There was a movie he wanted to do, and I was like, I'm not super comfortable with taking that. I was like, let I was like, we'll figure out something else. Mm -hmm. Later on, we're talking. He was like, Hey, uh, he was like, How do you feel about me giving you a cutter? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was like, Sure. I was like, Yeah, cutter, cool. Let's do that. 
I was like, and then I'll roll out, you know, whatever. Like we, we kind of decided what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he goes to hit me with the cutter, um, he didn't get out flat. Okay. So he kind of hit me with a shoot stunner. Yes. Okay. From behind, and obviously. So I'm laying out flat for him to take the move. And so I just came down and my neck just, the only way I can describe it is, is like, I've seen the video is, is it looks like the top of my head touches the middle of my back. Oh, like that. And I went, I went like, I went limp and I went limp for about 45 seconds. Um, couldn't move my arms or legs. Um, and the being the person that I am, I <laughs> I'm looking at the ref and I said, tell him to give me 45 seconds, come over, pin me. I'm going to kick out at two and I'm going to roll out of the ring and we'll collect myself out there. Okay. And he's like, okay, cool. And I'm still not feeling either my arms or my legs at this point, but I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm, it's just, I'm, it's going to come back. Yeah. Like I just, it's going to come back. Yeah. He comes over, he covers me. I give the shittiest kick out I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my body. Uh, I bring my, like, I'm able to bring my, like, I'm starting to get feeling back in my legs. And so I bring my, uh, up to my knees, yeah. you know, like I've been my, so my feet are flat on the, on the ring. Yes. I'm still laying. And I look at the referee and I said, tell him to buy me another 45 seconds. And as soon as I said that, both my legs fell. Oh. And the referee goes, I'm going to have to call the match. And I went, yes. <laughs> Dude, that's so scary. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, uh, the, the, the 45 seconds where I couldn't feel anything, that was the longest 45 seconds of my life. No doubt. Uh, um, but, like, I ended up um, getting help to the back. Uh, luckily, there was a... Uh, a a physician at the show mm-hmm. that came back through and was checking me out. And he was like, you might have a stinger. Mm-hmm. He was like, if he was like, if your hands don't feel better because my hands felt like they were on fire. Oh, wow. He was like, if the hands don't feel better by Monday. Mm-hmm. Cause this was on a Friday. He was like, go to the hospital. Okay. Well, Monday came and my hands didn't feel better. Oh. And, uh, and I, I went to the hospital and uh, they, uh, I went from, they were like, Oh, it looks like you might have some, uh, some damage to your, to your spine, but you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll, you know, we'll look at physical therapy, all of that. I went from that and about two minutes later to a trauma nurse coming in, putting, uh, laying me down and saying, you are on extreme bed rest. Not only are you on extreme bed rest, like you can't lift your head, but um, we have you scheduled for a 6am surgery. Um, and, uh, and so they had me scheduled for the 6am surgery. And I was like, why? So like, because like literally three minutes ago, it was, it's going to be physical therapy yes. and all right. And she said, uh, it was the flat, uh, I had flattening on my spinal cord. Okay. Like, um, that what I, uh, if I can quote the trauma nurse, um, her exact words were, um, we're actually kind of shocked that you walked in here. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude. Man. So, so I'm laying back and I hear that and I immediately, I'm just like, what? And she was like, yeah, it was pretty, just pretty bad. Um, 
so yeah, that's how the that's how the injury happened. Uh, it's they they did the surgery. I did the surgery six a.m. in the morning, and uh, ever since then I've been. I mean, cost of doing business, there is some soreness, but that's cost of doing business. I have uh-huh. a fusion from C five to my C seven, so Man. three vertebrae now one. Wow, talk about zero to a hundred in in one piece of news from a nurse it's like oh yeah okay we're operating immediately that would be like wait you're going to cut open my neck and fuck about in there that's like so scary to even think about um and you've got to think about the implications of that like what if they get something wrong what does this mean for my life Mm -hmm. all that i dude i can only imagine like the million thoughts running through your head but you were like let's go obviously and (laughs) we'll see where we end up well it was very it i like here's what i would say is is that it all happened so quickly yeah that i don't even think i had time to fully process what was going on yeah because this is it i would say probably nine o'clock at night that we finally got it like through the e like through the er it was probably nine o'clock at night and they were telling me that you know within you know what what is that 12 so less than 12 hold on give me a second nine hours essentially yeah and not it, right anyway yeah. i'm not great at math <laughs> um, it's totally fine we um, get the idea <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like that i'm having this surgery so there wasn't really like like i was able to comprehend what was going on but there was never really the like like I couldn't think it all the way through. Yeah. I just, it was kind of, it was happening. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're like, this is really bad. It's surprising you're walking, whatever. You're not thinking about it. You're like, okay, well, whatever they say. Like, I just need to yeah, do exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, put me in whatever <laughs> is happening is happening. Are you able to sleep that night? Like, because, I mean, as stressed as I, I can be, i got to say I'm like a shark. If I stop moving, I'm unconscious. So, like, uh, is, that, is that like a thing? Or were you, like, wide awake? Like, this is everything. I, I... I did not sleep at all that night. Um, yeah. I I was up, um, yeah, the entire time. Uh, they had to because of because of being a spinal injury. I was in the ICU, so um, and traditionally, people in the ICU aren't coherent. Yeah, tradition. So I did have I did have company like the 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 nurses and the and the staff were would come and kind of just hang out in the room with me, mm-hmm. um, but like there was yeah there wasn't there was zero sleep happening that night. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Plus I knew medically they were going to put me to sleep and like <laughs> that next day. So yeah, yeah. these <laughs> might be the last ones, right? <laughs> the last hours. So let's fucking go. It's um how's and from I, I guess from your wife's point of view, like was she there at the show, and was she she at the hospital, or were you somewhere else? Were you traveling, and she got this news? So I traveled. It, like it was a show in Tennessee, so I was tra- I traveled home that night. She wasn't at the show uh, that night, um, but I traveled home that night, um, and. I actually had like oh that's right it was a, a few days later wasn't it like the, before yeah, you actually I, went I, to the I hospital actually, yeah I uh, I actually had a few shows the next couple of days like that was a Friday show I had a Saturday and a Sunday show and um, if you tell me you wrestled those I'm fucking hanging up this I, phone right I didn't, I didn't <laughs> you're like actually, and so I wrestled those and then my hands were still hurting <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
shout out, shout, shout out Brett Ison yeah. on that. I, I, I'm sitting with Brett in the back, and I was like, I think I can. I, I said, the hands are still kind of messed up, but I think I'll be fine. And and Brett said, if you wrestle that show, not only am I going to beat your ass, but I'm going to call and cancel the shows for you. And I was wow. like, all right, fine. I was like, Brett, if Brett's telling me not to wrestle it, I probably should listen. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's not somebody that you want mad at you ever. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, so, like, I ended up I ended up canceling off those shows, and I um, and I just laid in bed for wow. Saturday and Sunday. Like, wow. I just like and like the only way I can describe it is I laid in misfits pose. Like, like I had both the arms. Oh, yeah. Like, like this <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I laid in misfits pose for two days. Jesus. Um. Um, and then, and then when, when I went to the hospital, but she was at the hospital with me, mm -hmm. uh, it, but it was, I mean, it was just, it was nuts. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm uh, but sure we made it, was... it on the other side. Yeah. It, it, oh. it, it... <laughs> I can only, I can only imagine. Like I, I spent a lot of, um, the start of this year in the emergency room, my, my wife had, um, like gallstones, uh, and they like backed up into her liver and there was all this kind of crazy shit going on. And it's so uncertain when you're in the emergency ward, like you said, and everybody around there's crazy. And she was in there for like four days. They kept like canceling her surgeries and stuff because obviously there's other things that are more important and the big flare up she had had died away. And so she's just there as kind of like the healthiest person in the emergency ward at the time, but obviously still <laughs> needs this like thing to be done. So they just kept stringing her along until we end up just, pulling her out, you know, and like ended yeah. up going to a specialist months later and that's an entirely different story. But the the tension that lies around being in those buildings and especially in the time that we all live in, you know, everybody's in masks, there's, you know, all that kind of stuff going on. It's, it, it's scary, bro. Like I completely understand. And then so you, you wake up from it and are you like, can I move my limbs now or what is it? What's that feel like? <laughs> so, <laughs> am I uh, am I a walker or no? Like, <laughs> yeah. so here, yeah. okay. So when I woke up out of the surgery, I did get to hear this story. I mm -hmm. I, I got to hear the story secondhand from the nurse. Um, uh, when I woke up from the surgery, I immediately tried to climb out of the bed. Oh no! And I'm in like a neck brace, like yeah. I've, like fresh out of surgery. Like I've been in like the like the transition room. Yeah. Uh, and I'm climbing, I'm trying to climb out of the bed. And apparently she says to me, she says, sir, you just had a major neck surgery. I need you to lay back down. And I go, and I guess what I said to her was, oh yeah, that's right. And she, and the way she described it is, is I flopped back in the bed. Oh, just threw myself back. <laughs> Full bump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, second nature. Just yeah. Gotta, oh, bro. Um, Fuck. um, and then, and I'll say this, the, the, um, <laughs> the drugs that they had me on at the time, I was, I was not for this world at the time. Right. So, uh, uh, I've also heard because my wife met me in the, in the, like the re like after the recovery room, when I was back in my room yeah. and I, I apparently was FaceTiming multiple people and I have zero recollection of talking to any hey, of Hey, what's people. going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So I was having a great time. Oh, well, at least you were having a good time. Was she allowed to be at the hospital? Because when I, like at the time, I couldn't. I had to drop my wife off like she was fucking Uber Eats out the front of the hospital. 
and like send her in for the surgery where they were going to like cut out a piece of her and I had to stay in the car park like outside so, and I'm messaging her and stuff like could she be there? She could be she could not she couldn't be there during the surgery. Okay. She couldn't okay. be the like at the time the the guideline was is that I could have one visitor. Okay. Like and not just one visitor at a time but there was only one person allowed to come in and On out list. to yeah. visit me. Mm-hmm. And so it was her. So she was able to yeah, yeah, from like six a.m. to eight p.m. Like it was like they they were very stringent about all these things, but yeah. she was able to be there and just watch my lunacy happen as <laughs> they were just pumping me all full of all the drugs. I can I could imagine they would uh, be using the best of the best. That uh, <laughs> that situation that you're talking about with the times and stuff actually led to me breaking into a ward. Um, because my wife was texting me like they're gonna take. She's terrified of hospitals and stuff. She's like they're gonna take mm-hmm. me now. Can you can you come? I we don't live far from this particular hospital. Total mm-hmm. shithole. Uh, and their place, not ours. But you know, I was I'm gonna stand yeah. up for my apartment. I said I got to clean a lot, but it's, it's half decent. But um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not far to get there. And she was like they're they're gonna take me kind of thing. And I'm like I'm coming because I knew she'd be really scared and wanted to get in there. So I drive over there and I'm texting her and I'm like running through like the lobby and shit. And I get to the security and I'm like, yep, my wife's on the thing, got to go. And he's like, oh, the, the visiting hours don't start for an hour. And I'm like, bro, my wife's about to go in. The nurses know I'm coming. I need to go. And he's like, well, you're going to need to go and get a pass at the opposite end of the hospital right there. And I'm like, which one? Down there? And he goes, yeah. I go, right away, sir. And as I go past it, <laughs> as I go past him, there's a cleaner going into the thing. I just go boom, straight into the lift, straight behind the cleaner, and it just fucking closes. And then I just follow him straight onto the ward, down, zoom down, get into the room, pull aside the curtain. She was fucking gone, man. It was like literally oh. like the most heartbreaking shit. And I'm like, I failed it. Like, I have not succeeded in being there before the most terrifying thing that ever happened to her. And then luckily, within half an hour, she was back in her room after they'd sent me away because they fucking had something more important come on and send her back. Right. And then she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I was made to leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you go, you go, you go, I just did, like, the coolest shit ever. <laughs> I, was like, I could have been arrested for this. Like I'm breaking like COVID prone cause and shit and fucking, and I failed you twice. Like I look like a dickhead to her twice because I missed her and then I wasn't even there when she came out again. So I'm like, great. Thanks a lot, everybody. Fuck's sake. <laughs> you're, like, but I'm, you're like, but I was, but I did something super fucking illegal and cool. She's like, I'm not sure you did. <laughs> the nurses were like, he was here. Like they took my number and shit like that. So they patched me. It did happen. Yeah, yeah. So it was, but yeah, it was fucking so stressful, bro. Like I was, I can't imagine how she felt. I can't um, like imagine how, uh, how you felt because like everything we went through, like I know how stressful that was and how much it affected our lives. But what you're talking about is like just so crazy. Like the ongoing like implications of what, you know, was even to come because then you're through that portion, right? But then it's like, now I need to rehab forever. You know, like, like mm-hmm. what, how long is it before you can even start to begin that process? Like, do you just have to like lay around at home for months? Like, so I laid around, uh, for like, I was in the neck brace for three months. Yeah. Like four, four almost. Okay. But, but truly in the neck brace for three. Yeah. Um, it was towards the end where they would allow me to take it off. Okay. If I was sitting down Ooh. 
and I was told to not make jerky motions to look at things. <laughs> Somebody distracts uh, you when you do this one, and you're back yeah, in yeah, hospital was, again. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of that. It was a lot of turning the whole body. Christian Bale, um, Batman, kind of like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I lost a little bit of my my mobility due to the bat suit. Um, yes, yes, but it was. It was, uh, I, I don't think, I didn't really start doing, I mean, I didn't start doing rehab or, or any type of like exercise um, for about, for about two months. I was just kind of laying around. That's about all I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could like go, I could go on walks and stuff, but that was about the extent of what I could do. Yeah. Um, it was, that, that was because the gym is my out, like one of my outlets. Yeah. And so I wasn't able to do that. And that was one of like, beyond this being messed up, mm-hmm. it was also the fact that the, the thing that I would use to relieve stress was also taken away yes. from me. Yeah. And, um, it was, yeah, it was about two months. And then I was able to start kind of like doing like, I could do super low weight. That was what they told me. She said, she was like, she was like, if it's more than five pounds, you can't do it. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I can do that. And so I went out and, you know, bought five pound weights so I could sit there and just do 600, you know, like yeah. just curl forever. Mm-hmm. Just because like, it, I just needed to feel like I was doing something yes. to build towards the life after this. Yes. Yes. Um, and so I was in that for about, for about, uh, I was in the thing for about four months and then it wasn't until what it, I didn't have full unrestricted until oh man what was it would have been March March of this year like it March of this year I was like I didn't have any weight limits like she said I could go and I could lift whatever I wanted mm-hmm. so it was let's see August September October, November, December, January, February, so about eight months before I had like, like full use of my facilities again, Uh, like everything felt okay. It was just, you know, like I I wasn't going to chance it. I don't have, I don't have enough time and, and I have a life that isn't just like, I didn't want to chance it. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. I didn't want to chance it and rush myself i wanted to make sure i came back the right way made sure i you know the doctor cleared me before i did anything um but yeah she uh but they they ended up doing like an x-ray and uh and she told me she was like your hardware hasn't moved at all like they said traditionally we see like you know like us like like where she pulled up the picture of when they installed it versus mm-hmm. what it looks like now. Mm-hmm. And they said, traditionally, even on the hardware, you will see like, like minute movements yeah. and it hasn't moved at all. Wow. So she was like, she was like, it's in there. And she was like, and the bones grown over it. So it's not gonna, it's not going anywhere now. <laughs> yeah. It's locked. <laughs> it's part, it's part of you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, do you think uh, part of that is a testament to you, like taking it so seriously, like your um, your your think, neck movement and up, like you were really conscious of it, like when you were going through? Oh it? yeah, I I mean I can say even to this day there are still 
times I'm very super conscious of my neck movement. Like, yes. I, like I, like I can notice if I've been, you know, looking around a lot. I can, I can tell because it's just, there's still that, like, you know, I didn't use my neck for almost eight months. Like, yeah. So there is a bit of atrophy with even the muscles around it. So it there there are days that it's just a little bit sore because I've just used it like I didn't have a neck injury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like wilding it. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's um. But yeah. Is it like a something? I mean, man, overcoming that first hurdle of like then suddenly being without the brace and like going back to life like normal tasks let alone wrestling must be huge like mental blocks to overcome you know like I can bend down and I can pick this up like I can turn and look over my shoulder like I I can do these things now but that must be like a first turn like very carefully yeah yeah yeah. snap Um, like you know that kind of it's it's strange because I notice it more in my walking around life than I do in wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just because in wrestling, like in wrestling, one of the things that you learn anyways to protect your neck, like, yeah, you know, I'm tucking my chin. I'm making sure that if I'm, if I'm taking this, it's going to be safe. So like, that's almost second nature. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like, regular everyday stuff like i i do notice that i probably turn my body before i start turning my neck because like i i'm more conscious of it yeah. when i when i'm not doing something like wrestling mm-hmm. um uh but it was i mean it's it's interesting be, it's interesting to me how quickly i kind of like to a certain extent you kind of have to shut that stuff off yeah. You know, like I, I think I had to kind of shut it off um, because there's no way I come back to wrestling if I just kept that on the entire time. Oh, yeah. If yeah, I yeah. was just like constantly worried about the neck, I, I don't think that wrestling like I can still love wrestling, but doing it would be it would be a vastly different thing. Yeah, it'd be true. Because sure. there I, I mean, even coming back and training, there was mental blocks. Yeah. I would, I would, I was, I was fighting myself because I was afraid of something that I'd done a thousand times, but I was worried that it was going to affect my neck differently. Mm-hmm. But once I'll say this, once I get, once I got in front of a crowd and did it in front of a crowd and did it at full steam, mm-hmm. like it came back like everything I was like, Oh, I know what I'm doing here. Like it's like, it's the, if I have too long to think about it, I'll overthink it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, there's a, there's a saying, I mean, it's not really a saying just for this, but like there was a, there's a crux saying, if I'm going to be at a practice and I see somebody struggling with like a mental block or overthinking something, I'm just like, Hey, fuck it. Like, yeah. fuck it. Just do it. It's fine. Like, like you, your body's naturally wants to do it correctly. Yes. Like you're overthinking it. You think, you think that you thinking about it is going to make it better. That's not going to make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It, let, so, let the instincts and stuff and uh, motor skills and all those things just autopilot and just do it. 
Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So so like after that, during the healing process, there was a lot of fuckets. There was a lot of fuck it. We just yeah. <laughs> like, you got to do it, and just, just we'll see what happens. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, still terrifying, but but kind of amazing. And I am sure the adrenaline rush of like a crowd and a life just made it easier because then you're focused on other things, and then it's muscle memory, and you're just like having a good time, and you're also in your happy place. You're doing what you want to do. So. And it must feel pretty amazing to like be active again now that you've gone through the journey you did. Because what you were out a, a year was it longer? I was three hundred and fifty-seven days yeah, uh, wow. from injury to return to the ring. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was three hundred and fifty-seven days. Wow. What what a and, road, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. Here's what I will say: is, is that I I did. I never, I never fully left like not doing anything in wrestling. Like I did a lot of commentary with Moe's mm-hmm. and um, for TWE, we also did a couple shows in Indiana, but like I, I wanted to stay in the zeitgeist. Like I wanted like wrestling moves along regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you walk away, like wrestling, wrestling will correct. And it will find a new cog to put in that place. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't comfortable with the amount of work that I had done up to this point, mm-hmm. just letting setting on my hands for 357 days. So I wanted to do something to make sure that I was still taking part. And I could learn how to do commentary because, you know, there was always that chance that I wasn't going to be able to come back. You know, like I hadn't been fully medically cleared yet by the doctor. And if they had said I couldn't, I would like to have been able to do something. Yeah. So that's why I started doing commentary. So that was, I had, I had a blast. I, I, I still occasionally will do commentary. It's just, I I have a very good time doing commentary. is super fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, really hard but it's super fun <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it gives you like another you know tool in your toolbox as well you know like yeah. when you're uh somebody that comes in somebody's gonna book you or you know and things like that when you've got experience at stuff like that and you can jump in and you can do that and you can you obviously speak really well and can carry a conversation really well and are very personable that would lend itself to that automatically i would imagine right yeah yeah that's yeah, so that's so cool who was your um your first match back so my first match back was Brett. Oh, for ICW. Uh, was that literally? For ICW. Your, yeah, okay. No that worries. was literally the first match back. Oh, wow. Okay. So I saw, okay. I saw your first match back live then. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which was, was really cool. And you obviously did two back-to-back over that weekend, right? So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Him and then Gary J. And yeah. like, man. <laughs> Talk about being uh, fed to the wolves on your return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Apparently, I have some sort of personal vendetta against my own chest. Yes, Jesus <laughs> dude, you're two of the hardest hitting dudes like I can possibly think of. But I mean, right. obviously, Brett and you are close, and he was there when it all went down and stuff like that. So you would have yeah. felt like that somebody safe. And then you know, Gary's like a veteran's veteran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. One hundred percent. Like uh, that was that. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a, a better first two matches back. Yeah. Because like, like that, like, cause that match with Brett kind of got shuffled around quite a bit. Okay. Cause originally it was supposed to be Justin Kyle. Okay. 
Um, and then it was, and then he had to, he had to pull off and then it was supposed to be Tommy Vendetta. And then he had to pull off. Mm -hmm. And so it just like crazily, like, I think it ended in the match that that match meant a lot to me. Yeah. Because I mean, Brett hasn't been active either. So, you know, he came back to do that with you. Right. Exactly. And, and like you said, Brett was there when I got injured, Brett, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in the crew with Brett. Like yes. that's Brett's crew. Yeah. And he, he, he thought to bring me in. Um, and so like that, that match, I think that match was like, like a, a series of unfortunate events that turned into something that was truly like, I couldn't have asked for a better first match back. Yeah. Meant to be. Yeah, yeah, that's so, that's so cool. And then obviously, uh, Danny hits the ring at one point or whatever, and um, you know, and talks to you and and talks to the crowd and stuff like that. Did you know he was going to do that? Nope, no. Uh, I didn't know. I can say I didn't know that John Wayne was going to hit the ring the first night. Yes, yes, yes. I Sorry, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, <laughs> and then Danny yeah, got you the and second. Then night. I did, and <laughs> so John Wayne hit the ring the first night. So I was like, okay, that's cool. I got the like. I earned it, mm-hmm. and I was really excited about that. And then the second night, Danny hit the ring, and I was like, I really had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, I turned around, and Danny was there, and that was – I was like, why is Danny in the ring? <laughs> Did I do something wrong? Am I being kicked off the show? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He's coming out here to berate me yeah. specifically in front of this crowd. <laughs> yeah, I know he normally says good things to people, but am I the exception? In this <laughs> right, hey, guys, right. I know you've been injured for a year plus, and let's say I preferred you when you had a broken neck, like the most pro wrestling angle of all time. Right, 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 right. right. Because that's what our brains do to us. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. And so that then leads to Battle of the Tough Guys, mm-hmm. awesome tournament. You, you were telling me of my. You were at the first one. You weren't in in it, but you were in right. the venue, and so. You obviously you you had done work with ICW. You knew your crew there. You wanted to get to that. You you get yes. waylaid by an injury. It puts you on the shelf for a year plus. You re-debut for ICW, which feels amazing. With you know one of one of your best friends. You have the, the moment with John Wayne. Moment with Danny. You know amazing match with Gary. And then you're invited to be in the battle of the tough guys. It, like you must have been on cloud nine, <laughs> as a, as a, one one thousand percent. Yeah. Well, it, it was. I was already on cloud nine, and I don't know if there's a cloud better than cloud nine because I don't <laughs> think there is. I think that's as high as it goes. Is it ten? Is there, is there a cloud ten? Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe ten. <laughs> um, cloud eleven, uh, I but, think it is. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. Maybe, maybe even twelve. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, but then to get announced that my that the first round matchup is me and Hoodfoot. Yes. And uh, uh, Hoodfoot had a post a couple days ago. Um, and it was, and it said Sellers, Sellersburg to Boston. Mm-hmm. So me and Hoodfoot are fairly familiar with each other. Okay. Um, we used to wrestle uh, pre show matches okay. for Paradigm. Really? Against each other. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, me and him and I, 
the, the way I would describe me and Hoodfoot's friendship is is we bonded over violence. Like it, like it was a it was a friendship built on violence. Okay, inflicting <laughs> violence on each other or enjoying violence uh, as an art form. One hundred percent violence on each other. It was, the, <laughs> okay. it was the swing first, apologize if we have to, ask questions later. Yes. <laughs> Um, but that's, I mean, he's, he's just, he's been a guy that's been, I mean, been around me the entire time I've been in, like yeah. I've, I've known him since I started and it was just kind of like for those to be the, my first three with ICW, like I couldn't ask for, again, I couldn't ask for, and to lose first round it sucks that I lost. I I'm, I'm bummed that I lost first round. But to lose to the guy who won the whole thing, I was going like, to say it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt at all. Nobody else could beat him. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I'm not alone. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And and he he completely showed out in that tournament. So it would have been awesome to see your friend doing that. But yeah, you guys got to put on what you you do best, you know, together, which would would have been been awesome on a, on an awesome stage. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it was it was I mean the, like the stuff with ICW has been surreal. Yeah. Because that was that was one of those goalposts that I had before I got injured was like I remember cuz I would watch I mean when we were in the pandemic mm-hmm. you know I'm watching the shows in the bloodshed. Of course. Like I I watched I've watched every pit fighter. Yes. And I, and I remember watching the first one and being like I feel like that's a place I want to be. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I felt the first show. And then I watched the second one and I was like, okay, this is definitely a place I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and then for all of that to kind of come full circle to me being not only being there, but re-debuting mm-hmm. there yeah. is just, I can't, I can't thank that. I can't thank the ICW crew enough Yeah, for what they gave me something that I'm going to remember the rest of my life. Absolutely. You know what's crazy? Uh, Jesse said, you've always got to do everything the hard way, don't you? And uh, I think he hit the nail on the head because you, in order to get to ICW, you literally had to break your fucking neck and then spend a year not wrestling in order to debut there. So, yep. God, I hate to see what you're going to have to go to if you want to get to AEW or WWE because uh, it's going to be <laughs> fucking catastrophic. <laughs> Much much like punk rock, I am I am a I am an indie guy. Like I yeah. I they they're not gonna let me they're not gonna let me bleed there the way I like to bleed. Well, well that's good because I fear you'd fucking die anyway. So it's probably for the best. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I'm not willing to I'm not willing to do all that. Yeah, no. Nah, let, let's just go with what we've got now, and we we'll just be happy here. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we don't need any more of this. Fucking next next minute you're. All, both arms and both legs broken. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. We, yeah. we, we, we can stay away. We've been through. We, we, we're happy where we are. And, dude, I, yeah. I'm happy to see you there, man. I've loved the matches. Um, I hadn't uh, had the opportunity, though I knew the name and I knew of KOBK, I hadn't had a chance to check out any of your matches at the other places. So my first match I saw of you properly was the, the match against Brett and then... Gary and then you know Hoodfoot and I I think you've really showed out I feel like you you feel like a part of that team and and of that promotion and I personally can't wait to see what you've got planned for next mate hey 
I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm here for the ride, just just like everybody else. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what I can fuck up. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Tell everybody where to find you on social media and how to buy your merch and all those things, my dude. So, um, I, I, I'm on Twitter uh, at Hardway Heater. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram at Hardway underscore Heater. Mm-hmm. And then for merchandise, uh, there may be a release coming this week. Watch my Twitter. Watch my Instagram. I will have the links posted. Yeah. I'm sure they'll already be posted because I can't guarantee when I'm getting this out. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, hey, buy my shirts. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll post the links. Buy the man's merch and check out Hardway Heater anywhere you can, dude. Man, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been so fun getting to know you and like congratulations on making it back and, and really doing what you wanted to do, dude. It's very impressive. I do have one question before I go. Please. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to name the dog? Uh, her name is Mochi, uh, named after the Japanese rice pudding. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the little soft white pudding. Yeah, exactly. I pick her up in what's the time now? It's basically 12.30. Uh, we pick her up at 3.30. So, yeah, it's go- it's going to be awesome bringing her back in because this house has fucking sucked. Uh, uh, like after all the stuff happened with my wife, our, our, we had a Maltese for 12 years and she passed away unexpectedly. Uh, and it was really hard. But um, I had spoken to the breeder at the end of last year about getting like another little girl and they, they hadn't had any. And I was like, just let me know as soon as it happened. And like three days after our dog passed away, she messaged me a photo of a little head, you know, and was like, uh, your new girl's been born. And we were like fucked up over it, bro. Like we were like, yeah. can we like have a new family member so soon after this has happened? Is this right. disrespectful for her memory? You know, we're too sad, all these things. But it just ended up that like, the day she was born, uh, you can pick her up 10 weeks after she was born and that landed literally on my wife's birthday. And we were like, there's a lot of coincidences happening here and she's like the great grandniece of like our dog, you know, like from the same sort of breeder and stuff. And we're like, she's meant for us. We have to go get her. So yeah, very, very excited. And this is kind of one of the only times I've been able to talk about and not cry like a fucking big child so hey, <laughs> thank hey, you, you know for sharing what? that with me <laughs> emotions are fine <laughs> yeah exactly i tried to do an episode about it and it's just too much of a grown man crying so i don't think i'll ever release right. it like because it's been a been a hard fucking year my dude but, but you know all about those you know what i'm saying you you said you said the world's not ready for this yet <laughs> no no exactly then they're, they're not, not it's just a lot of pauses like and breathing and stuff and so i don't think that's where it is so i'm actually think it's quite poetic that i talk to you about it now while i'm in a little bit of a better mind frame and about to turn a bit of a page on it you know what i mean all right cool yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing my dude i really appreciate you man absolutely thank you yeah this has been so good so everybody out there for the hardway heater for ICW No Holds Barred and for Faces and Feels. Remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Yo, thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Feels podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Faces Feels Cast, or just head straight to our link tree 
linktr.ee/facesfieldscast to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favorite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch Wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the final view. Vinyls and Violence a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something.